It is rolling towards the end of February. We got an extra day this year. We did? Yeah, it's like a leap year, I think. February 29th. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that, Cody. Yep. You must be paying attention to details. <laughs> yeah. Which, which we might talk a little bit about today. Anyway, welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. I'm Heath, along with Cody, the producer man. The one and only producer man, by the way, that I know of that's an actual producer man. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, that's just You my know opinion. a lot of people, Heath. I know, but I, I, you're as good as I've seen being a producer man. Well, I appreciate that, produce man. anything. It don't matter. I mean, you can produce anything. So, it's a good, good sign for you. Thank you. You got a lot of success in your future, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was rabbit trailing a little bit. Anyway, it is, uh, for us in Arkansas, deer season is almost over. Yeah, what, nine days left? I got a, I got a quick story for you. You ready? <laughs> yes. All right, so we got this, we've talked a little bit about the new ground. We'll be talking more about it in the future because we're going to do a lot to it. But So Gavin and I, my boy, have been bow hunting when we can, in the afternoons or whatever, and we literally just went and hung sets on this place did basically no work with the exception of clipping a couple of limbs yeah not enough limbs (laughs) and we're just trying to wax some does whatever trying to make sure they're does for one and um because they're shit our our deer are starting to shed and so the first time we went on we're seeing piles of deer they're not all within bow range but if they're within close to bow range they're going to get an arrow slung at them (laughs) And so I'm filming Gavin the other day because I was like, Dave, if you want to kill the first deer here, man, I'll film you, whatever. And so sure enough, right before dark, a bunch of deer come out within pretty much within range, 20, 25, 30 yards. But he turns around. I'm already panning back to some other deer because I'm like, there's no way he's shooting this deer through that mess because there's a bunch of limbs. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I, I'm turned around not facing Gavin because he's on the other side of the tree. Yeah. And I hear, man, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went back because I knew the deer he was looking at. Yeah. And that joker let an arrow out. I'm like, what were you shooting through? He goes, dude, I had a little gap. <laughs> I'm like, no, you didn't either. Hit a limb. He hit limbs, didn't yeah, he? So he probably ain't listening to this podcast. He's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't show that. <laughs> I'm like, no, it was that's hunting, man. The first bow hunt I ever went on was with a crossbow in Ohio. And um, I had like, I was in a blind and man, I was pumped, man. I had this perfect perfect shot down this lane (laughs) but it was like a six inch gap and it was a good deer it was a good ohio deer i mean especially if you've never killed a deer with any sort of bow yeah yeah so this deer comes out my heart's thumping and i pulled the crossbow up (laughs) pulled the trigger and boom i hear like hear this thump and i'm like I hit it and the deer runs off <laughs> and I look up and I kind of focus my eyes and like maybe six feet in front of me there was a tree yeah. <laughs> that was about three inches around that I square right in the middle yeah it happens man you have not bow hunted much if you've never killed a limb and uh and it's you got to think about that I so anyway back to my story I did the same thing like I don't know three or four evenings later I was actually by myself self-filming had several deer come in and i'm honestly i'm not even out there i'm more or less just seeing what the deer are doing on the new ground i yeah. don't care if i shoot something or not i'm just enjoying the new ground whatever and this deer comes in and gave me every wide open shot you could think of and but i was self-filming and it wasn't on camera because it came in literally under my tree and walked directly under me i knew it wasn't on camera and so i was like i'm not even gonna shoot her and so it ends up you know pilfering around and actually circled back around and came out back in front of me probably 18 yards had a perfect broadside shot and i was still like 
I don't know if I'm on shoot or not. It was getting late yeah. by myself. I'm like, I'm going to go drag this deer out. And, and, and so, but then I noticed this big cut on her back and I was like, eh, maybe she needs to be shot yeah. <laughs> like that really. Like it wasn't life threatening or anything. So anyway, needless to say, I waited too long to draw. And when I drew it, it's taken a step behind a tree and I shot a limb too. <laughs> and so two hunts, we've killed two limbs and it's something to think about though a lot of people don't think about that especially if you're novice you know to bow hunting is your peep your peep sight and your arrow are on two different planes yeah so the hole you may be seeing is not the exact yeah flight your arrow is going to be taking yeah. it's a few inches lower you know yeah and so it's just something to think about but because we've experienced it and i haven't hit too many limbs in my life i've hit yeah. a few um but it, bow hunting will humble you man it's so yeah. that's why i love it it's yeah. so fun um luckily we had completely clean misses it was like they shot my arrow hit this limb and shot probably four foot to the right <laughs> and hit completely behind the deer and i yeah. just i was like nice job heath that, that a boy that <laughs> a boy that a kid <laughs> and so anyway yeah there's been, a there's a lot to to learn and think about in bow hunting yeah. you know whether you're standing up and shooting you know or sitting down and trying to shoot like Last year was my first year to to actually kill a bow or kill a bow with a deer. Yeah, that boy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so kill a deer with a, a compound bow. Right, and it took two or three um, shots at deer to learn what yeah. I what I needed to adjust. And you and Brandon both, you know, if I like the first one I shot at, I was sitting down, and you know, so I called B like, well, man, I shot where where I shot. I think I shot under it or something. <laughs> so he gave me proper techniques to adjust and. Yeah sitting down same thing standing up you know so after three or four shots at deer and missing them um you know that yeah experience that you guys had helped me to it's be able to do it it's the best you know? training there is man like anything else on the job training and that's one of the benefits to, to specifically hunting does is it help it does help you practice and prepare yeah for when you do have a big buck or a, you know a buck come in right that you've you've had that experience before your heart rate might be a little bit different yeah if a big one comes in but anyway <laughs> it's been fun man and, and the the best thing that's happened so far on the new land is we've hunted one morning on it me and gavin last weekend and about seven o'clock guess what i heard turkeys bunch of turkeys <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bub. <laughs> i was so excited man i said gavin he's like what i'm like you hear that of course he's on his phone he didn't even respond. He just shook his head. <laughs> like, it wasn't a big deal. I'm like, dude, that's a big deal. Turkey hunting in Arkansas has been brutal the last few years. Yeah. And so the fact we've got some birds yeah. is a really good sign. Yeah, and sure. So I um, actually had them show up on game cam a couple of days later and uh, several long beards. And it's, it, hopefully they'll hang around. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool. I got to studying, man, the, the home range of a turkey. It really narrowed it down for me, what I found. Yeah. You know what it is? It's not very much. But no, it's like... I read like 370 acres to 1,200 acres is, oh. is their home. I'm like, really? What kind of a stat is that? Yeah, for some reason I thought it was a small, like they stayed within a small area most of their life. Yeah, well. I don't know that. I'm no, you know, biologist or anything or whatever, but. Would you, if you're going back, would you study wildlife biology if you were starting over? Um, knowing, I don't know. Knowing what you do now? Maybe. I've heard they don't make a lot of money, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Not probably, that, that matters. I'm I'd probably saying. do my educational experience a lot different than I did. Yeah. Um, I probably study more wildlife biology now than any I ever have in my life. And I'm by no means even close to an expert at yeah. it. But I do like learning and, yeah. and trying to figure out you sure. know, what you the most you can know anyway. There's so. so many different things to learn about. Well, really anything that you want to learn about. There's so many details that can 
take you down another, you know, a whole nother path of learning yeah. with anything, you know. So same with wildlife biology. Yeah. You start sure. studying one thing, all of a sudden you found yourself learning about planting apple trees. And <laughs> I did. I'm fixing to plant me some apple tree, boy. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be an investment of time for the future. Yeah. But if I halfway know what I'm doing, they won't die, Cody. That's <laughs> yeah. my theory. If I well, can at least halfway know what I'm doing, they'll survive. That's hilarious. And so you know it, it it leads me though, we you know we mentioned wildlife biology and, and obviously we live in the outdoor world and so uh, the, I mean, maybe just the older I get, the more I'm wanting to learn mm-hmm. and not so much better my craft, but just be more knowledgeable about you know, a lot of different what things. We're, what we're doing, whether yeah. it's land management or it's it's animals or whitetails or turkey or whatever. Um, I'm, I find myself, the older I get, um, not that we have a lot of spare time, but I find myself rabbit trailing a lot online, just trying to learn right. different things so that I can know as much as I possibly can about whatever it is. And that's the way I'm wired. I don't know if you are like, I don't spend a lot of time learning things I'm never going to apply. Yeah. Me either. If it's application based. I did for that me, for 12 years. Yeah. yeah I was <laughs> High school. I did that for a little while in college <laughs> and I backed out of that quick. And so, uh, but I, I want to, I want to study things and learn things that I know I'm going to be applying in the future at right. some level. And it's, it's wild. You're not going to you know comprehend or, or remember everything you're studying, but it's funny how you'll be out like on the, in the field if we're talking about land management or whatever we're planting, you'll remember two or three points of something that you learn that just stick out to you yeah. that you can't apply. And so I actually, I think it kind of leads us in the direction of, of what we I think we're going to talk about today. Yeah. The attention to detail and the expectation, the gap between what you want and what you get and the details in between that yeah. kind of leads you to that. Yeah. In, in, land management or business leadership or right but i think we talked about it last week um managing or leading your family you know like the details matter in getting you to where you want to go yeah and so so i think so many times and we've talked about this before we started recording but so many times what you expect and what you experience don't don't align themselves <laughs> so true. how many times do we see that yeah. in not only our life but in people's life all the time oh, yeah. or in a business you know a business or or whatever what you think is going to happen doesn't pan out that way and um and i think it's not that we can we can stop the experience completely but we can plan ahead the best we can and try to be prepared to make the most of the expectation and the experience, right? Yeah. I think that's what we're trying to to, to kind of go towards. Yeah. And so let's talk about it. Attention let's, to detail. Let's do Expectation it. <laughs> versus experience. Yeah. Um, that's a big topic. Oh, there's so much that we could talk about <clears throat> for sure. One thing I always tell my kids is you have to make a decision before you're in a situation where you need to make a decision. Yeah. And so I think that that comes down to the details of whatever, the, you know, they're going through what basically what I'm trying to tell them to do is think about what possibly could happen. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. And then play all those scenarios in your head. That way, whenever it does come down to it, you've thought through all the details and you know what decision you're going to make. Yeah. You know, how and you're going to make a better decision then. Exactly. You know, you know how to respond before, before it happens. I will tell you, there's nothing more frustrating than having somebody in a role and them not knowing what to do within their role. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to experience this the last week and a half or so. So I've got a mini X and I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. I've got a cat. I'm a big cat fan, by the way. I'm going to get his kids here. I might get a dozer if my wife will let me and they're probably going to be cats. They seem to cost a little bit more. I don't know why cats cost more, but I guess they're good. But so I wanted to get a thumb for my 
for my Mini X. So if you don't know what a thumb is, it's basically a, uh, an accessory to your 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 bucket on your Mini X. So it gives you the ability to pick up stuff and move it and pinch stuff, move logs, rocks, whatever. And I've been wanting a thumb for a while, and I've held off as long as I can. And so, but I'm a little bit stubborn, and I probably should have just hired somebody to put this thing on. <laughs> but I didn't. I was stubborn. I didn't want. To, I was like, I want to do some. Man, we spend all our time on the phone, on computers, doing creative work. And I'm still redneck enough. I want to get nasty every now and then. <laughs> I want some hydraulic fluid all over my hands, yeah. and grease or whatever. And so it was just one of them. It was almost like a challenge. I was like, I want to do this. So I went and ordered the thumb, right? So I get the thumb in after I went back and asked them if they placed the order for the thumb that they told me they did because it still wasn't in. I thought it'd be in like a couple of days based on what they told me. And I get back over there. I'm like, did the thumb come in? And they're like, who'd you order that from anyway? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, dear. So I find out, they, I tell them who it was, and evidently that guy wasn't there no more. He's moved on somewhere else, and so they had to backtrack and find the order. Anyway, come in the next day. Actually came in on Valentine's Day. When was that? 15th? 14th? 14th? Yeah, Valentine's Day is the 14th. I probably get my priorities <laughs> right, huh? I don't need to miss Every that year one. it's the same. <laughs> it's a, that's a detail you probably want to yeah, no, no kidding. My wife's like, it's Valentine's Day. I'm like, happy Valentine's, babe. Uh, so anyway, I get the thumb, and I get back over there. Like, here it is. You got everything you need? I said, I said, I guess so. And so I get back. Me and Gavin get the thumb mounted, and it uh, wasn't that hard at all with two people. It's pretty much a two-man job, but we got it mounted. And then I realized that all of the hydraulic adapter parts to the hoses are not there. And so I'm like, well, and I had the, at the time, the machine was out at the farm, which is like 30 minutes away. And so we come back. And this was on a weekend. They weren't open until Monday. So I go back and I'm like, look, all the parts ain't here, whatever. So they're like, okay, well, let's just do it this way. You've got quick connects on your deal, on your on your, your stick. And we'll just go that route. It's better anyway, as long as you're not going to be using a hammer or anything like mm-hmm. that. So some of this may not relate to anybody, but there's, a, there's something I'm getting to by the end of this, if you remind me to get to it. <laughs> um, so we get the parts for the most of the parts for the right <laughs> adapters and i go back over and i'm like look we got two parts missing still and they're like what is it and i'm like i don't know what it's called i told you before we started i'm not a mechanic i just need to know what parts i need and i'll figure out how to get them on it's not that hard it's just having all the right parts right so there was these two little pieces that were adapters that they had to order so they got them overnight or they were here the next day so i get home i get back to put them on and I'm like, I don't think everything's here within the adapter now. <laughs> so this is the third or, third fourth, or fourth time. time I went back and I walked in and he, I didn't even tell him what I needed. He goes, you need O-rings, don't you? <laughs> I was like, I mean, you obviously knew I needed O-rings. Yeah. So why weren't there O-rings in the, with the adapters? Anyway, I get back, get them all put on. But it was like, my point is, it was like four or five times of going in to get two or three little pieces from a place that this is their specialty yeah and they work you would just think this is i don't know maybe i'm wrong thinking that you're supposed to know your if that's your job <laughs> <laughs> but anyway my experience and my expectation were two different things and it left me frustrated and it was all about the details and it was completely about 
the little details down to o-rings being inside these adapters that mount on the hydraulic yeah. hoses because if i would have went and put them on there and as soon as i applied a little bit of pressure to that thumb picking up a rock or whatever there was gonna be hydraulic fluid probably spewing everywhere, everywhere yeah. you know and so and, and an o-ring is a very small very inexpensive piece of rubber that's right. all it is that goes in in this adapter just seals one, it off yeah one on each end it just seals it off um, but it was a very minor detail that was very important mm-hmm. to the overall you know performance of that piece of equipment right and so I, I think sometimes it's very easy, especially in the you know the chaos of life, to to overlook little details that are very important sometimes that do play out in the overall performance, whether it's in your you and your career or your job, right, or um, the success you're going to have in whatever that is. Yeah. And so the the goal is is we want to have expectations on the front end that will lead us the best that we can. To, to get to get the experience that we want out of whatever it is. I think a perfect example um, that's relatable to most people is Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. People love Chick-fil-A. And the, the truth is, no fast food restaurant in the world is trying to serve bad food. Yeah. Right? They all want to serve good food. Chick-fil-A does that, but they pay attention to the detail that creates an experience that people want to come back for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that's what they do. There's something that stuck out has stuck out to me ever since we were at... I've actually used this in several meetings already with different people. When we were down with Daniel and, and the guys at Running Gun, he made a comment. I think on the podcast, he talked about controlling the controllables. Oh, yeah. And I've found myself using that phrase, even in my own life, over and over again, because this is one aspect of life and business that we can, to some degree, control as long as we think about it. Yeah. And and, and it's it's sometimes it's impossible to, to not overlook an O-ring or something yeah. small. There was nothing intentional. And I love these guys. That's why I, I like Cat. There's two or three reasons I like Cat. One, it's a great machine. But the other main reason is because their facility is like two miles from my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which, by the way, if you're going to buy a big piece of equipment, make sure you've got a, you know, somebody close that can work on your stuff if you need it because yeah. they understand it um and plus if you if you got a bobcat and you ain't got a bobcat dealer in your local town and you go in there wanting cat parts or or something that's not their brand they're gonna be ticked off and not like you right out of the gate yeah you know that's <laughs> just my guess and uh so anyway um there, there's little details that I think if, if we can fine-tune and control the controllables leading into whatever we're doing whether it's a career change it's our everyday job it's hunting we're talking about details before we even realize it, talking about wildlife biology and, mm-hmm. and land management, all of those things. Um, we're trying to prepare ourselves to have the best experience we can with what we can control. Right. And so, uh, again, it doesn't mean we don't overlook things from time to time, and it does affect our overall experience. But I think if we, if we can put a little of extra effort into to really paying attention to detail, then that overall experience is going to have a better outcome. Yeah. Or at so, least be closer to what we're thinking it so should be. Let, let's look at that, Heath, from the um, business owner perspective or manager or whatever supervisor. Right. What would you say to uh, somebody who's doing that? How would they, how could they help the people in their organization pay more attention to the details? Um, it, it varies. So, there's from from a let's just say a supervisor standpoint i think it comes it comes back to what we've talked about on other podcasts so with staying in your lane mm-hmm. the first thing is realizing what's your lane and then from there is what are the details you've got to be focused on within your lane because they're different depending on your role right mm-hmm. so we talked about this earlier my 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 attention to detail is going to look different than what your detail does right now 
because I'm looking at it from a 30,000 foot view and looking at it from a different perspective of the future. How is this going to affect our team? How is this going to affect our personnel? Like literally individually Mm -hmm. with workload, with pay, with all those different things. And so a lot of my time is spent on details that you're not having to deal with right now. Mm -hmm. And you should be thankful on some of that, Cody. (laughs) Uh, I'm just joking with you. But your attention to detail is like you're an expert in what you do and that's why, like, you know me, and, and I'm not saying this is the right leadership mentality, but I'm not a micromanager at all. I don't, am I? No. I don't think I am. <laughs> I don't want to be because yeah. I'm not like that, and I don't work well under a micromanaged environment. And I don't, and, and so therefore, I, I can't lead that way either. Um, we believe in, in finding the right people that we know can, can do whatever the job is at hand. And then trusting them in that role it doesn't mean we don't help and assist. And, right. You know how we are. We're a, a total team. We're going to do whatever we have to do to help each other be over the overall success of the team. But your attention to detail is is really way different than even mine is now. And you're better at it than what I was whenever I was doing the role you're doing now because you that you have so much attention to detail and follow through and figuring out ways to solve problems. And so I think it varies depending on what your role is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and, those those things come together. So, if if a employee or uh, you know whatever you want to call it, somebody that's on your team is taking care of their details, and you're taking care of your details, you guys know that you're going to get where you want to go and create the right experience. Yeah, and I think one of the keys to success in that, and and both of those working together, is constant communication. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but you can backtrack problems in business or marriage or relationships with kids or teachers or coaches or many ex salespeople <laughs> to, and maybe part of this, I go back to that cause I'm joking cause it's relevant to my last week of being frustrated with my experience. Um, and it wasn't a bad deal. Like, like I know these guys were, were cool. It's all fine, but it goes back to, maybe I should have been more attention to detail too. Mm-hmm. Like when I walked out of there with those adapters, I probably should have looked at them and thought, Hmm, there's a place for an O-ring within these adapters. Maybe I should ask if I need one, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, but I, I, again, because I'm not a micromanager, I probably didn't look at it. From you just, that. Yeah. I just assumed, and I just assumed they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Right. I didn't have no directions, no nothing. It yeah. was a great experience, by the way, <laughs> it actually was pretty good. It ended up way better than it could have. My stuff all works now. So, um, I, I think you can backtrack problems often and more t- more times than not probably to a lack of communication when there is problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the attention to detail happens a lot of different ways. It happens like for you, it happens in your role. It happens for me in my role, but we're constantly communicating, talking every day about what's going on, how this is going to affect one or affect the other. Right. And if there wasn't that going on and we just made this big shift, which could be coming at any moment, Cody. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Don't want to tease too much, right? But then we're, we're trying to set up our the best experience we can possibly have with knowing everything we ha- can know going into a, a possible change. And so right. I think that, that applies to everything. The communication aspect of it is huge mm-hmm. between, between you and your team and your family or whatever the scenario is, there's got to be constant communication. And I think you'll find some of the most successful people and companies on the planet are really good at communication. I don't know a ton of people that are just amazingly successful without pretty good communication. Right. Because if, if you are very successful, you probably got more than just yourself. Yeah. You're having to, you know, 
communicate with or talk with. And so um, communication is a huge aspect of being able to be attention, you know, have attention to detail. Right. And so, I mean, you got other thoughts on it? No, I think that's good. Let's flip the script. What if you're an employee working for somebody who doesn't pay attention to detail? How do you lead up and help them see the value in the details? I think it goes back to communication is if there are frustrations and this is where people, I think I know, I know, and I've probably been guilty of it myself. Sometimes it's hard to communicate up and mm-hmm. depending on your leadership, mm-hmm. if they're just kind of standoffish about everything then I can understand it can be challenging, but you can present whatever you're trying to communicate in such a way that they can understand that this is a, a this is important. A, this is, important. This is yeah. going to help the overall. I just need to know yeah. we're on the same page with what I'm thinking. If I'm not, tell me. Yeah. But um, I think a lot of times whenever you, you have to communicate up, it can be standoffish, though, because mm-hmm. you're not the, quote, leader yeah. or whatever, and they're supposed to know more than you do. Yeah. Well, there's a natural tendency to feel like they're not paying attention to what I'm saying, Yeah. even if they are. Yeah. Where, But I think one of the healthy things we have going for us is is – we I've talked about it a little bit, but like in, in your scenario, you're so good at what you do that you know more than I do. Now I want your feedback and communication and as and vice versa. I know you mm-hmm. do too. But it's it's never it's never and it, again it starts with leadership. Everything we talk about it all the time rises and falls with leadership and there's that's true. But we, we want that communication, whether it's a good conversation or it's a negative conversation. The, the overall goal is we want the best experience we can possibly have. So right. we're trying to help get there by paying attention to the details. You right. know? And it's different for every company. We can't go into specific details other than we could with our company, but it's different for every company. And so as far as what those roles and, and things that we're talking, the details actually are. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we get, to, we get the opportunity to do that all the time, lead up. Because right. we have a lot of bosses when it comes to at the end of the day. We don't just have one boss. Every client we have is a boss to us at right. some level. And so we're having to communicate all the time. But I will also say most of the time, more times than not, they've hired us because of our expertise in a certain area. And so they want our – it's a reciprocating process yeah. with communication. You know, it's, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're going to run with it. Right. At the end of the day, they write the check and yeah. make the call. If we're wanting to spend ten grand for a company over here in marketing – at the end of the day, they make that decision. Yeah. We're just presenting um, what we believe based on our experience we'll work in this best. industry will work yeah. and, you know, and provide your company the best experience with yeah. the dollars you're spending, right? And so um, it's all in how you communicate it. Yeah. It's it's no different than waking up in the morning with your wife and saying, what's up, babe? You look beautiful this morning. Whether she does or not, it's it's the difference in saying it's getting up and saying that or getting up and saying <laughs> what's up like <laughs> yeah. drowsy sleepy you're saying yeah. the same thing but the way you say it is yeah. going to be received my i promise wife, it'll be received totally different my wife always says you can say the same thing but the wrong tone you dang it right. changes everything yeah yeah <laughs> and that's so true you it know? is and that's that's another that leads me to another thing that we weren't even going to talk about but when you are communicating there are certain things that if there's the potential for it to be a tense or, or percent per, what's the word i'm looking for potential for it to be received the wrong way then don't have that communication through email or text. Yeah. Because people are going to naturally, just human nature is going to read that from a negative. Oh, yeah. We had that experience the other day. Yeah, two days ago I got a text. Yeah. um, I read it and I thought, well, jack you up. (laughs) (laughs) And more than likely he didn't mean nothing by it. Oh, no. He was probably just jacking around. Yeah. 
And and knowing him, he probably was. Maybe he wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> but my, that's my point. But though. when you read something, yeah, um, it's human nature to to look at everything from a negative first. I think. Yeah. And it goes. I think sometimes it goes back to we live in a world where there's very little trust anymore with yeah. people. Um, and so your natural tendency is to look at the negative first. Yeah. Um, but and that's why it's important to communicate um, vocally on certain topics, you know, yeah, whether yeah. you're communicating up or you're communicating with your team, let's talk things out so that they can feel your heartbeat, so to speak in the situation. Yeah. They hear your tone. They see your nonverbal communication, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff, you yeah. know, that plays into how something is perceived. It's the, uh, it's details, you yeah. know, I, I have a funny story, not really funny, but I was um, studying communication several years ago. I read a couple books just cause I wanted to, um, be more effective when I communicate. And uh, one of the books that I was reading was talking about how this guy, he would write his whole script for what he was communicating that day. And in the script, he would also write down the nonverbal cues. For example, I'm going to sit down whenever I talk about this particular part of this um, this talk or speech or whatever. Right. Because I want people to feel at home. Yeah. Right. And then he would say, but then I'm going to stand up when I say this word because I immediately want them to see the um, seriousness of what I just said. You know, like he paid attention to those details because he knew that it was going to help create an experience that these people would walk away from thinking I have to add this particular piece of information that I just learned to the way I live, you know, and it was the details that brought people to that, you know, um, I think that's incredible. Yeah, you know that. yeah I do too. I, I want to jump back to, I just thought of something on the, on the negative side of communicating details that could be confrontational. I had a guy years ago and I may have mentioned this on a podcast back in the day. I can't remember, but I had a guy one time, he said, if you're about to deal with controversy, he said, always describe how you feel mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you can argue a lot of different things, but nobody can argue with you of what you're personally feeling in that moment. If yeah. there's some kind of controversy, you know, and so it's something that's always stuck out to me and I'm, I don't feel like I'm in a lot of controversial conversations, but I've always found myself now because of this individual that told me that years ago, and it's been probably over 20 years ago that I just, I'm always reminded of that because at the end of the day, you can argue numbers and, and whatever. It's about like trying to argue politics. It's just never ending but you're the only one that knows what you're feeling. Yeah. They don't know what you're feeling. So when you describe it from that angle, um, I think it lets the tension down a little bit. Yeah. Now, you may have a stubborn boss or whatever that's going to be like, I don't really care how you feel. We're not into all that. I pay the <laughs> bills, whatever. And that, yeah. that, that's, that happens a lot too. Yeah. There's only one opinion that matters. It's, it's whoever's paying, writing checks yeah. at the end of the day. But if it's communicated the right way um, and, and you're describing how you feel in this moment, then I think it lets the guard down a little bit yeah. and it'd be like, okay. Yeah. It's a lot less defense. You yeah. Put some less on the defensive. Yeah, for sure. If you communicate it properly, you yeah. know, yeah. you could say, I feel like you're a, <laughs> a <laughs> jerk yeah. and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, you know, that's different. Or you can say, I feel this and I don't want to feel that. How can we work through this? Yeah. That's a totally different conversation. Yeah. Than, yeah. The other, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day here, we're talking about the gap between expectations and what you experience. And I think filling that gap, this is just me. I think, I think you agree. It comes down to attention to detail and how we communicate yeah. those details amongst our teams and whether it's business or it's in your family with your kids, your wife, whatever. Um, when there's a lack of communication, um, 
often more times than not, the experience you're going to experience is not what you expected. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know. I think those are some good points that I know we apply those or try to apply them every day. And if it's something that, that can apply to you or your family, then um, take it and run with it. You know, control sure. what you can control and pay attention to details and communicate them in a, we call it a life-giving manner. Aaron's always like, how would you say you communicate that? <laughs> I'm like, we just call it life-giving. It just yeah. means, the, what we mean by that is we're presenting whatever we're communicating in such a way it's not, like you said, it's not coming from a defensive standpoint or, again, we want the overall best results and experience we can have within our team and our families. And when we communicate those in a positive manner, um, again, what we would call life giving, it's not life sucking, you know, um, <laughs> it's just like when somebody talks, you know, everybody knows somebody that you don't even want to hear them talk because they just suck the life out oh, of yeah. the room. Oh yeah. We call them vampires. It's vampires. Yeah. <laughs> they literally suck the life out of the room, you know? And so, and that plays into the overall culture of your organization. Yeah. If you've got a vampire in the room, they will literally suck the life yeah. and take the enjoyment out of whatever, what whatever your occupation is, you know? And so, um, and sometimes those people just need some more details. Yeah. So that it's not like um, that's what they need. They yeah. need you to communicate the details so that they can do their job efficiently and feel yeah. accomplished, you know? Yeah. And people that win in these scenarios are people that understand people. Yeah. So if you know going into a conversation you're dealing with a vampire, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're facetiously speaking here, but if you know you're dealing with a personality, um, I could throw I could throw like people that are over accounting into a certain because their whole attention to detail is numbers. Yeah. And they don't care the how, the what. They want to see the losses, you know, profits yeah. and losses. And if they're not adding up, they want to know why. And so but it doesn't mean you can't go into that same conversation. And if you can the people that are successful in, in business, I feel like learn how to communicate and deal with any type of personality. I'll give you a great example of that with an accountant. Years ago I was working with a guy who led a, a pretty large organization. <clears throat> it's kinda it's kinda global, but it was small global. And yeah. he was he met with his um his bookkeeper, his CPA or whatever, and his his desire was I want to know the bottom line. Yeah. I know we're spending money. I just want to know the bottom line. Yeah. And the accountant, the, the they wanted to you to look at everything that went through it, what they did, and how it made sense. Blah right. blah all that stuff. And he he told me I asked him how he how he worked through that relationship. He told me I learned early on that if I looked at the bottom line, which was all I really wanted to know, that I was going to leave that meeting and that person would be frustrated. Right. But if I took three minutes and walked through those things with them, with them, those details that matter to them, it made my life easier for the next 17 days or, you know, until the next meeting. Yeah. I think that's what he said. 17, you know, they met like every 15 to 17 days or whatever. And, and so I think again, it goes back to that. They might suck the life out of you if you don't know how to communicate to them. Yeah. And so figuring that out saves you a lot of time and a lot of, frustration down yeah, the road for sure. you know? yeah I, I try to kill everybody with kindness man and it don't always work but at the end of the day they're never going to be like you know what he didn't try yeah even whenever i was cussing him out he was like man he had a grin on his face i do because i just <laughs> smile man i'm like whatever you know that's nice but i mean i think again it, the attention to detail comes back to communication and 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 i will say this from a, just a general male 
side of things, I don't think males are naturally great at communicating. You can mm-hmm. look at you can look at the way women communicate and how many words they talk. If you went and really researched how many words they communicate a day versus guys, it's like night and day difference. Yeah. And so, as a male, speaking specifically to us, we have to be you know aware that however much we're communicating is probably not enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but again, I go back to those that I feel like are very successful are really good at communicating. Yeah. Um, if you start studying big business and people that are turning millions and millions of dollars, more than likely they have a leader that is communicating and involved. Yeah. At least at some level in everything that's going on. They may not have to micromanage, but they just know what's going on and we're communicating. Right. So, and the other thing with that, the communication is it helps you have each other's back. Yeah. You know, if somebody, if, if Aaron rolls in here and talks to you about something uh, concerning South Face and Big and Jay or something like that, and I don't know anything about it. Obviously, I'm not going to care because I know you got it handled. But mm-hmm. if I at least know about it, that's why we copy each other in emails and stuff. It's yeah. not because I necessarily need to have a say or need to have a say. But if something, if Aaron brings something up to me, I at least know what the conversation is. Right. It just goes back yeah. to, it uh, even kind of ties back to accountability. You mm-hmm. know, I talk about all the time, accountability is given required information before it's required. And there's so much truth in that principle. And it keeps you out of um, at the end of the day, that experience not being what you hoped it would be yeah. comes back to me. And I didn't even really have anything wrote down for notes today, but to me, it just keeps coming back to communication. Always. If you look at, you could look at, dude, they're, uh, we're, we're dealing with a few situations with some different people, the outside of business, they're dealing with some pretty nasty divorce type things right now. And, and obviously divorces at a rampant rate in our culture. I think at well over 50% of marriages in divorce now. And if you backtrack most of these situations, it comes back to somebody not communicating something yeah. at some level and they've let it fester and fester over time. And then all of a sudden there's this big explosion. Yeah. And if they would have just been talking about the details a little bit along the way, yeah. then it, it may or may not have worked out, but it had a better chance of working out. Yeah. Than if you, <laughs> if you just ain't said nothing about a certain, right. something you're frustrated with for two years. And now all of a sudden yeah, it's hit the fan, you know, it comes back to communication. And I don't know about you, but I, I can't predict everything, but I think we can, at least attempt to have the best experience possible in mm-hmm. whatever our careers are with our families. If we, if we kind of close that gap with attention to detail. Yeah. So that's, that's good, man. good stuff, man. Good conversation, Cody. You got anything else on this subject? No, I don't think so. I think Aaron's going to be here in a minute. So we probably need to wrap it up because he'll get on here and go. Yeah. We'll like, be on another three he'll, hours. He'll <laughs> rabbit trail for, <laughs> It'd, it'd be fun. It'd be entertaining. There's no doubt. Yeah. But we don't have our Stone Cold Steve Austin music queued up. So yeah. So you, we don't want to do If that. you don't know what we're talking about, Aaron Keller with Big and Jay, you can go back to what, episode about three? Um, no. Oh, episode three. He I went does, way back. He does do the Dream Crusher thing. <laughs> the Dream Crusher episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. I hope you guys have enjoyed this conversation today. And, and all kidding aside, I really hope that this conversation will at least provide a little bit of food for thought with whatever you're um, dealing with, with when it comes to expectations versus what you're experiencing. And hopefully you can close that gap a little bit in whatever area of life it, yeah. you know, it applies. It, it may not apply. You may be doing a great job at it right now, and I hope you are. But whether you are or not, we can always get better and try to close that gap between what's expected and what's experienced right. uh, by communicating and paying attention to detail so good. anyway i hope you guys have enjoyed this little edition of the tour 12 podcast we're gonna wrap this thing up and i want to go scout some turkeys <laughs> probably I, ain't gonna happen today but i sure would like to go man i got a new choke from my turkey gun did you and i'm 
pumped. I can't wait. We need to pattern that thing and make sure you're all good. Uh, as long as it hits them in the face, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, anyway, guys, until next time, we're going to wrap this thing up. Peace out and God bless. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Tour 12 podcast each and every week. As you know, it's our goal to create content that helps you get from where you are to where you want to be in your business, leadership, and in your life. And we try to have a lot of fun doing it. If you could do us a huge favor, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes to rate and leave a review of the podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and help us build the tribe by sharing the Tour 12 podcast with one of your friends. From all of us at Tour 12, Thank you so much for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast.